Welcome to The Ether. Today is Wednesday, March 9th, 2022. This episode of The Ether is brought to you by WeFund. WeFund is a community crowdfunding cross-chain incubator on Terra, and it's the first launchpad that implements a milestone funding release system to protect investors. All money raised for projects is deposited in Anchor Protocol, and it's refundable, and all decisions are based on community voting power. WeFund is community-focused and designed to be a user-friendly experience for both project creators and investors. Be sure to follow them on Twitter and join the Telegram for more information. Links are in the show notes and check them out online at WeFund.app. This episode of the Ether is also brought to you by Glow Yield. Glow Yield is the ecosystem of Terra decentralized apps like Lotto and Creators, all powered by DeFi Yields. Glow Creators helps artists and influencers give their fans exclusive perks through membership NFTs and more. Glow Lotto is a prize link savings account with a weekly chance to win the big jackpot. Tickets are free and perpetual, which means there's zero chance to lose money. Be sure to follow Glow Yield on Twitter and join the Discord community to stay up to date with all the glowing projects and check them out online at glowyield.com. TerraSpaces appreciates the support from all our sponsors. Today on the Ether, Cosmos 101 for Lunatics with Tendermint Timmy and Dr. Doscoin of Orbital Command. Let's take a listen. All right, all right, all right. Can everyone hear me so far? If you can hear me, just check us a a little emoji there. You can see we've got Terra Spaces on the call. We've got Tendermint Timmy. Scott B. Yes, cool. So I'm going to invite Tendermint up. Cool. Just sent uh, Tendermint Timmy a co-host. Doing things a little different today. Usually I get uh, one of the other guys at Orbital Command to host the space just because quite often I have uh, technical issues with my Android phone. But I'm getting no response at the moment. So I'm hosting it by the Orbital Command count. Here we go. And if I give Tendermint Timmy co-hosting abilities, if I drop out, it should be able to keep working. You there, buddy? Yes, sir. Can you hear me? Amazing. I can hear loud and clear, mate. Awesome. So think- what I'll do, oh, dude, you're totally welcome. Before we even get started, I just want to say I've, I've jumped up this morning at 6 a.m. where I am, and I was up at 5, and uh, rolled out of bed, had a look at the the Twitter. Sefi's on a call with about four or 500 people, and I was like, oh, he's going to have all the people over there at the moment, which might mean we're a bit light on here today. But with that being said, obviously, Terra Spaces being the legends that they are, they're recording this, and this will be able to be listened back in future. Um, and so hopefully we can get lots of uh, people listening to this either over the course of the next hour or once it's recorded. But, um, mate, where are you at? What's what's going on where you are at the moment? Well, I am playing catch-up on life and, and job stuff right now. I caught a red-eye flight back back home early early this morning, technically. Um, but just been, uh, 
kind of overwhelmed in a good way with the amount of stuff going on in the ecosystem. Like, just like you said, I, I hopped on for this and I noticed like three or four other like spaces going on. And honestly, it's, it's just cool to see. Like, yeah, we might be a little light here today because of, you know, people being spread out. But like, you know, it's not a competitive atmosphere. And I kind of love how much constant community engagement there is across the cosmos. <laughs> it's like awesome to see. But um yeah, I'm a lover of both ecosystems. I guess that'll just be... They're one ecosystem in my mind, but it's weird how some lunatics are a little more Luna-oriented, and then some Cosmos people have checked out like multiple chains on Cosmos, but not Luna, and it's that, that's a little weird to me. So to me, it's just one thing, but I guess, yeah, I, I would describe myself as equally bullish and interested and loving of both. Yeah, amazing. And that's actually probably a good um, a good segue for me to actually introduce you here and basically state kind of the purpose and intention of this call today is, you know, I was on one of your calls just randomly. I stumbled onto it maybe two weeks ago and um, I sat and had a listen for maybe a good sort of 45 minutes there. And um, yeah, I just really was impressed with the way that you carried the space. I was impressed with the conversations that were happening amongst the people there. And I thought, you know what, it'd be good to get a really good, solid uh, sort of entry level, but also broad overview of the cosmos ecosystem for the you know provided for the lunatics in particular because it's like obviously there's just so much uh, crossover and potential for us to get involved with it um, i myself being you know I, I would say that i'm a hardcore lunatic um and i've only really just dipped my toes into a couple of little cosmos things um really over the past month just like here or there and so what i thought is there's lots of high-level conversations that happen on Twitter spaces and sometimes they can get, you know, a bit overwhelming and a bit uh, go a bit over the head type of thing. I think the whole point of today is just to, like, show people what's up, what's available, what's going on, why, you know, what is uh, exciting, why is it exciting, uh, you know, wh- where are the best resources for them to check things out and get better knowledge about these uh, protocols, et cetera, and give them a real springboard just so that you know we can all make it in that in the cosmos ecosystem and i think you're the right person for that job to have that conversation with seeing as you already do this so you you already host people uh, so you already host spaces do you want to tell people about that yeah i guess that would be one of my one of my first answers actually so um with the you know in the grand scheme of things fairly recent introduction of twitter spaces um I feel like we've really grown to take advantage of that. So every Wednesday night uh, today at 8 p.m. EST, I do. That's probably the one uh, you might have hopped in first when uh, the one, when you're talking about hopping in one of my calls. I bet it was a Wednesday one. And my like whole focus there, um, I'm kind of like teamed up with a couple other cosmonauts uh, that run the Cosmos Spaces page. And they do Twitter spaces on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And those are a lot more uh, general purpose, maybe some alpha, maybe interviews with projects and stuff. Um, and obviously that is amazing, like can't get enough of it. But I felt like there also needed to be a space for just new people to hear the basics said, you know, over and over again, whereas veterans don't need to keep hearing it. A space where they can ask questions about literally anything, Um I have been in crypto for a long time, so I have a really weird, well, not weird, but a different perspective um, than a lot of people that have gone in the past like year or two. And just little things that I notice, like 
the majority of average crypto users don't really understand wallets. And I know that sounds kind of silly, but like they think their funds are in a wallet. They think their funds are like in Kepler or in Cosmos Station or Terra Station or whatever. And just as one like small example of things. And so I just kind of felt like there needed to be a resource for like the basics. Um, I don't consider myself like too much of an expert in any one thing. Like I'd like to think so, but I'm very hesitant to ever, you know, claim expertise in an area. But with the basics and just jack of all trades and like what, how does a blockchain work? How is the cosmos different? How is the cosmos structured? Luna included. Um, I just kind of wanted to tackle all that. So I guess that would be my first thing, you know, for anyone listening to this space on recording later from Terra Spaces or anybody who's already hopped in at this point um, who somehow doesn't know about that. Um, come by later tonight at 8 p.m. I'll be hosting one. We do it every every Wednesday. But then other than that, um, unfortunately, like fortunately and unfortunately, Twitter in general is just like a good place. Um, and it kind of sucks because like I, I've just stayed away from social media uh, in my personal life just for honestly, just like focus reasons. Um, and so I wasn't a big Twitter user and I finally caved in and got Twitter mainly for this account um, for Cosmos and stuff. And it's a world of difference. Like I can't believe it, it's almost unfair if you're not using Twitter. Like some of my friends who I've gotten in who don't use Twitter, they, they've commented on it. They're like, oh, what? So these are that airdrops only for, you know, people who engage with Twitter account or, you know, whatever it might be. Um, but at the end of the day, there's just so many resources on Twitter. You start following one account, you know, like me or whoever, and we'll start re retweeting other great resources and you'll just come across them, um, guest speaking in spaces like these. Uh, we, we even like, I feel like weekly somebody posts a list of like, um, accounts to follow. So just sort of lurking around the ecosystem, like following hashtags, like IBC gang, Cosmos, Cosmonaut, um, Lunatic, uh, any of those kind of things can, can kind of get you started. Um, and then the like third kind of answer I would think of is, um, Crypto Cito and Liam on Crypto, which are like two prominent YouTubers in the cosmos that just do really good informational videos. Um, and then I'm slowly trying to add myself to that list. I just finished editing a video today with Kinesis Labs, so that'll be cool. Oh, fantastic. Did you, can you say that second one again? So it's Crypto Cito, and who was the second one? Yeah, uh, Liam on Crypto. So like the name L-I-A-M, but I think the I is actually a one. But I think it'll come up no matter how you search it. If you just search Liam Crypto, he's on YouTube and here on Twitter. Gotcha. And so you, you make videos as well on YouTube, is that right? Yeah, I've started to. Um, I have like, I think two videos up right now and a couple in the pipeline. There are a couple uploaded that are like unlisted waiting for sort of the right you. time. But yeah, just trying to like um, do a mix of... Actually, mainly so far, it's been like interviewing projects um, and just giving them a chance to kind of pitch their project as well as have someone kind of critique it and ask questions and have a conversation, get going. So kind of like CryptoCito's live stuff. If you guys end up looking into him, he'll do live videos with projects a lot. And I'm kind of doing that kind of thing, but in a slightly more edited sense so I can kind of keep it concise okay. for viewership. Beautiful. And so just to plug that, do you have a, uh, a link there for us? Do you have a, a name that we can type into the YouTube search bar? Yeah, every uh, everywhere I should just be Tendermint Timmy. And okay. um, 
my the link in my bio kind of works like a link tree. It's a um, decentralized name service thing, but in there you'll find links to like my Discord, um, Twitter. I actually might not have my YouTube in there, so good call. But yeah, it's same name on everything. So Tendermint youtube and i only got a couple videos it might not even come up in the search um and i'm bad at shilling myself so just follow me on twitter i'll post whenever i put up a video i'm i don't even i'm definitely not doing the youtube thing for like subscribers um everything i do on there i'll definitely make sure to post to like twitter as well um just kind of a better place to host long-form content than twitter is all Sure, yeah, I just had a look at it now. I've just brought it up my computer screen here, uh, dens.sh slash rds slash Timmy. So it's like a decentralized name service type thing for – is this the yeah. right – okay. Yep, yeah, yeah. The YouTube's not actually in there. I just realized I'll have to add that because I set this up before I started doing YouTube, but uh, the YouTube. Um, yeah, that yeah. DNS thing, I'm not exactly sure what it is. It's very beta, but it seems cool. <laughs> <laughs> totally. So, look, what we'll do, let's jump in. Obviously, on the call here, I can see we've already got a few uh, people that are obviously Cosmos uh, friendly. I can see names, Cosmos, Evmos, Cosmos Hub, Cosmos Spaces. Um, a lot of these people would already be very familiar with you, I'd imagine. So, this will ultimately be, I think, a lot of the gems will be for the, the lunatics and the people who aren't already familiar. But let's just go from the ground up here. You know, wh- what is Cosmos? And why do you, you know, and why would you want to use it? Why are we get involved with it? What's the what's the pitch? Pitch me on Cosmos. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let me ask you. Do you want me to pitch it to you as a lunatic or just as a general general blank slate? Um, let's do it as a lunatic. Well, cool. actually, no. Sorry. Sorry. Let's do a, a TLDR of a general, and then let's go move into the lunatic pitch. Okay. So, yeah, in in a general big picture sense, obviously everything in crypto has details to it, um, but I'm not the one to go into them. The Cosmos is unique um, because it's not a blockchain, it is many. That's like the single most core and kind of important element that defines it. And so how that works is it's a bunch of independent sovereign blockchains um, the same way ETH runs on a completely different blockchain than Bitcoin or Solana or Cardano. Uh, The Cosmos Hub blockchain, for example, with the token Atom that I'm sure everybody's heard of, is a separate, completely sovereign chain from the DEX that you might have heard of on the Cosmos decentralized exchange, which is Osmosis. Osmosis is its own chain. And then Luna, another major one, I'm kind of crossing into that pitch now, is one of the many chains in the Cosmos. And so, like, what allows uh, or what makes a chain part of the Cosmos? Like, is, is Ethereum a Cosmos coin? Like, what, what, what's the association? Um, and it's, it's basically the infrastructure and, like, tech that they're built on. So at pretty much all of these chains, every chain I mentioned just then, um, and like probably 98% of chains that will ever be part of the ecosystem are built on something called the Cosmos SDK. SDK meaning software development kit. And it's basically like a package of tools for developers, coders, to kind of get a a jump start on building a blockchain without having to worry about the like, super nitty gritty aspects of it. 
Something else it allows for is kind of updates and like modules and add-ons in a sense. Like if a developer is listening to this, they're probably pulling their hair out, but I'm, I'm trying to, you know, use co- common analogy terms. Um, so it, for example, an upcoming plugin is a feature called shared security where chains will be able to like uh, help each other out on the security front and like share their validating power. Um, if that doesn't make sense to you, no worries. But the point being, the Cosmos SDK that all these chains are built on, um, or the point being that all these chains are built on the same thing, the Cosmos SDK. And then at an even lower level than that, um, we have like a, a deeper part of infrastructure in the code called the Tendermint Core, which is kind of where my name comes from. I'm not associated with them in any way, just a big fan of the tech. Um, and that's sort of the the thing that allows all these blockchains to communicate, which is the next huge part of the the cosmos. Um, IBC, you might have heard about IBC gang, a hashtag I mentioned earlier. Um, I'm sure you've just seen the letters around if you've if you've been looking, is the interblockchain protocol um, or interblockchain communication protocol. And it's something that is built into the Cosmos SDK as one of the like kind of plug-in things I was talking about that allows every chain that has it to much more seamlessly and with much more security connect to and bridge with each other. Um, the emphasis kind of on security there being uh, the big hack we recently saw with Wormhole, which is a bridge between, or they run a couple bridges, but their Ethereum Solana bridge was compromised. Um, and for the like non-technically inclined, the way you could think about it is like if you think of all these coding things as building blocks. So like let's say the Ethereum blockchain is one building block, literally just like kids squares. Uh, the Solana chain is its own building block. And Wormhole is kind of this other block that's built like on top of them, connecting them. And because of that, like, it's not that secure. It it could topple over in the analogy. It's sitting on top of these other two chains as like a secondary added thing. Now, imagine if instead of blocks, wooden blocks, you had two puzzle pieces. Where when you put them together just right, they were like locked together at the same level. Um, The pieces were built to go with each other. There's nothing to topple over, nothing extra built on top. I'm I'm incredibly proud of this analogy. Just came up with it on the spot. I wish you could hear what it is. <laughs> yeah, that puzzle piece link is the IBC uh, communication protocol. And so, even though Luna is a completely separate chain from the Cosmos Hub and Osmosis, and it comes with all the benefits that may entail, it also kind of works as one huge chain. And that's why the like little nickname moniker is the Internet of Blockchains for the Cosmos. Awesome little summary there. And, you know, just to touch on something you said uh, earlier on in the call about, uh, you know, not going getting too much into the technicals, I'm, I'm happy to get into the technicals too. But I think um, one thing I want to be mindful of in this call is just, and this is the analogy I thought of as you were talking, is like sometimes I find in these spaces people are talking uh, to other people about ideas and sharing ideas in a way that only caters to those individuals so it's like a high level jazz musician you know you could be playing some amazing amazing uh epic jazz 
that's incredibly technical, but it's just not accessible to the average person. The average person goes, well, I'm not sure what the hell is going on here. <laughs> There's a lot of noise. But someone who is, you know, a professional musician might look at that and go, wow, this is incredible. And so I just want to kind of like have that, that be in that middle ground here today over the next, you know, and I know that it's already 6.20. I'll just check in with you before we carry on. Would you be okay to go like if we went, mm, sorry, when I say 6.20, this is in my current time zone. Are you happy to go for, you know, 40, between 40 and sort of 70 minutes? Yep. Yeah, I can go to the half hour mark of, of next hour. So for me, four thirty. For you, I guess seven. Seven thirty. Yeah. I uh, appreciate that. Okay. Cool. So we've got a little rundown on what Cosmos is, how it how it works. You said you've been in crypto for quite a while now. Um, what you know? Why? Why Cosmos? What was it that got you into it in the first place? Why are you so bullish on it? Why have you dedicated? You know, why have you created? Uh, Tendermint, Timmy, and all of the educational, uh, you know, Twitter spaces that you do. What is it about Cosmos that makes it so special? Oh, well, obviously, we've just described, just discussed what makes it special, but um, no, no, it's still a good question. Definitely. Yeah. Um, also, I just see a couple other people like have trickled in since my spiel. Like, if if you want to hear my little rant about what cosmos is or anything um terra spaces who's a listener in here records everything and uploads them infinite shout outs to them so you know at some point and, and this also being recorded by orbital command but i would say what makes it special honestly um is just that i i think it's the only i've i've known about crypto and like i mined some like dogecoin the like first month it was out so i've known about it since you know, very early days did not take it serious uh, as an investment thing till later. Just kind of thought the tech was cool and, you know, may have may have explored the Silk Road and such. But um, in all my years, Cosmos is the only thing that's actually different. Like, sure, the infrastructure under ADA, Pedro Cardano is, you know, written in Haskell and that's weird and maybe secure and Solana's super fast and uh you know take your pick but they're all sort of they're, they're doing the same thing they're a layer one smart contract platform trying to scale and be secure at the same time and decentralized or decentralized the, the old trilemma and cosmos is different because it, it i think a good way to surmise it is the only maxi i'll ever be or like is a cosmos maxi because by definition, it means you are not a maximalist for any one chain. Um, and that's the unique thing about Cosmos is being into the Cosmos. What most people don't understand is it doesn't mean you're super bullish on Atom. It doesn't mean you play around on the Cosmos hub. People don't even know what that is who are outside the ecosystem. But it means that you believe in an interchain future with a bunch of chains that work together with a super secure, you know, like underlying layer. And aside from maybe you could make the argument for like um, Hedera Hashgraph and IOTA that they are fundamentally different too, like they aren't even blockchains. But aside from those two projects, the interoperable like internet of blockchains uh, approach from the cosmos and how it comes with the sort of like core essence of, you know, open source and like decentralized philosophies that's what makes it special to me. Like it's, it's a completely different view on how blockchains will interact with the world in the future. Cause right now, like 
Solana is the fastest blockchain that has smart contract platforms. Like there are other ones like Nano that are like literally instant, but they're just for transactions. Um, and Solana is not even close to being able to scale to what you know the world would need for like one blockchain. And unless some radical new tech comes along, like you know maybe IOTA or Hashgraph will have something up their sleeve, but um, Hashgraph being HBAR, um, then I think it Cosmos is the only way forward. I don't think it's like I'm betting that it's the best. I'm betting it's the only one that makes any sense. It's like many chains. So interesting you just brought up uh, those three there, IOTA, Hedera, Hashgraph, and Nano. I bought, like I remember buying uh, IOTA back in its first pump, you know, around 2017 and also back when Nano was Rayblox. Um, and, but, you know, I was fully on that hype train, like <laughs> IOTA is going to change the world and I was, I was, I was there. Um, and and so for a few years, I heard nothing from them. I heard it starting to pop up again on my radar, but I'm I'm wondering why do you think it is that Cosmos is getting so much more traction than something like Hedera? Obviously, they run on the um what do they call directed acyclic graphs? Um, they've got a different structure to a blockchain, and you know they provide um they make things very fast. But is it in your observations? What do you think it is that makes that makes Cosmos uh, I guess uh, is giving it more traction rather than those other options that you just provided. That's a good question. Um, it's probably def- a number of reasons for sure. Um, one would be that Cosmos has just been already shipping well-built, functional, market-ready tech for like so long now. Like, it only got its first big boom with, like, Juno and Osmo drops when IBC was enabled and, like, the, the Vega upgrade kind of came. And, and I can touch on all that stuff. Um, uh, I'll have to look up the dates because my memory's awful. But a little over a year ago now. Um, but it has been shipping, like, the, the developers behind it, Tendermint and such, um, have been shipping, like, Cosmos SDK working modules and, and other helpful tech for a very long time now um like kava was one of the first platform DeFi platforms i ever used for some reason like i wanted to get away from ethereum immediately i just i knew for some reason um so i heard about and found and tried kava not even realizing it was built on cosmos and so then like uh so yeah it, it, it's ha- it's proven itself um both in terms of reliability security um and like innovation like the fact that you can build a blockchain on um sort of a core infrastructure package the cosmos sdk and not worry about the nitty-gritty there as well as get updates to that core infrastructure tech that you don't even have to code yourself it's like a developer's like best dream um you know they want to add a a year down the road, some new piece of tech that is all the rage in blockchains, a feature comes out like, you know, there's the next Solana next year when Sol's dead. Um, there'll be some new one that has X feature. Well, the Cosmos team or the Ignite team, which is what Tendermint recently became, Tendermint became Ignite, can just go like, oh, cool, we'll build that feature into one of the next Cosmos SDK upgrades. And then all of our chains can just, just have that built in. So from a developer perspective, 
it's like a no brainer. Um, the language is better than something like Cardano. That's super helpful. Um, a lot of people are already familiar with Rust, which is kind of at the core of a lot of Cosmos programming. That and another language called Golang, which is also pretty universally accepted and tested. It's like a language made by Google. Um, so I think Cosmos's philosophy has always been make good tech and people will come. Um, there is no marketing team, like nothing like that. We, we, you can't pay to have YouTubers talk about you or whatever. Um, I'm actually working on a project to potentially fix that, but I can't talk about that too much, unfortunately, yet. Um, but after so long, when good products ship, something like Osmosis, like people kind of find it on their own, organically or however, uh, and the whole airdrop thing, that... I can't believe I almost glossed over that. I think the airdrop thing has helped give Cosmos massive traction in the past couple of months with people getting, you know, three, four, five figure airdrops just from yeah. like being an active part of the ecosystem. That's that's awesome. And it's not on shit coins. Like we, sometimes you hear about crazy shit like that in other ecosystems, but then it's down 98% in a week, you know. Yeah, let's talk about that for a second, actually, because this is something that I see pop up. Uh, there's a, a gentleman who you probably know within the Terra community, uh, Nacho Don. He's an OG of Terra. He's the one who actually names lunatics, as far as I can tell. Um, you know, he's he's talked about on many occasions his gripe with the way protocols are, are distributing their tokens on Terra quite often. Just, you know, obviously, we've seen lots of Terra alts get smashed uh, and Terra altcoins get smashed for the past sort of few months, whether it was, you know, Nexus or um, bloody Whale, VKR, like all of them, it's, most of them have bottomed out. They're, they're around bottoming out now, like I'd, I'd imagine. Um, and one of the points he makes is like, well, why don't we do distributions more like what we see on on Cosmos? And as you were saying, you know, you had people that were getting four or five figure type airdrops what, you know why? Why are they keep? Why are they holding their value so well? Because so here's from my perspective, right? For example, right now I've got uh, mapofzones.com. Are you familiar with that? Oh yeah, big big proponent. Awesome. So I'm looking at map of zones right now, and it's if anyone that isn't familiar with it, if, if you jump on your computer, type mapofzones.com, it will bring up a visual uh, representation of what's happening on the Cosmos uh, network based on you know the most active zones uh, by into blockchain communication transfers, IBC transfers. And it'll give you a visual of, you know, all the lines going between uh, Osmosis and Cosmos and Comdex and Regen and Secret and all the things that are operating there. When I look at these, I'm like, I don't, I use Terra. <laughs> I use Terra. I use, I've dabbled in Osmosis and the rest of it is just all on my periphery. Juno, I keep hearing about everywhere. And I'm, I'm like, why are these holding their value? and where, and when I look at the total transactions and I look at the amount of transfers, um, I'm looking at the numbers and they don't like the numbers themselves aren't overly impressive to me. When I look at them, I go, okay, cool. We've got obviously the most transactions happening on Terra. Terra is blowing up, followed by Osmosis, followed by Kronos. But then it's like, yeah, Axelar, Chihuahua, which is the, I believe, like a meme coin. How are these holding their value? And, and sort of, can you walk us through that a bit? Yeah, um, there's probably like a, a couple things to touch on. So let me run through them quick, and then you can like ask me to break down them more just so I kind of don't forget. 
one is this kind of theory I have that's sort of reverse psychology where like if you give me an airdrop worth a couple hundred bucks, I'm selling that and just taking my quick profit. If you give me an airdrop worth a lot more and you look like a competent team and stuff, I feel like you trusted me to be one of your like initial members of your community and project. And so not only do I just kind of want to ride it and see what happens and support you, but I might have, you know, more faith like, hey, they gave these tokens out in mass to the community with the devs portion being vested for like eight years, which means they have an interest in making sure this project is better in eight years than it is now. So, um, and you could say that stuff for a smaller drop, but, but, but some, it's, I don't know. It's, it's, it's weird. Yeah. It sounds like to me, and as you were talking then, the first thing that came to my head was um, like laws of uh, influence by Robert Cialdini. And one of the things he says is like the law of reciprocity and people will feel inclined to do for others what others have done for them. And so if you uh, gift someone, you know, a five-figure airdrop, all of a sudden there's this inbuilt uh, inclination to want to do something back for the other. And so that would be support them, support them in the project long-term. And then, of course, coupled with building confidence via that large or that long vesting period, I think what that does is it creates a sense of uh, safety and security in the person who's been airdropped the tokens because they go, okay, this isn't just going to be some pump and dump or some rug pull, some pump and dump. It's like these guys are in it for the long term. Therefore, I'm happy to ride this wave with them over time. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, okay. It, it, yeah, it's weird how it works out. Um, like when, you know, when I first saw my osmosis airdrop uh, and saw that it had significant value, the thought of selling like literally didn't cross my mind. I was like, okay, wait, what is this? This is cool. What's, what, what is this? What is this platform? Then I saw the yields and I was like, I'm putting this osmosis to use. Like it did not even cross my mind, um, which kind of leads to a second point I was going to say, but I don't know if it even applies. Some airdrops in, in the cosmos try and like, no, I think a common problem among airdrops that Cosmos has two, and one that would lead me to say I'm not sure why they hold their value so well, is aside from like Osmosis, that's really the, the main one I can think of, uh, most airdrops aren't really given at the same time as the token actually having any use, or utility. Um, so, like, you know... I know that's kind of been the thing with some Terra, Terra alts. Like, I did a pretty deep dive into, you know, how the anchor yield is sustainable. And because something didn't make sense to me. And it came out to the baseline of like, well, the ank token better have value in, in the future. Like, that was kind of the stipulation because that's where the extra money is coming from. In, in the whole system is that they're they're generating and distributing this ANC token and like you know at first it, it kind of didn't I, I it does it I don't even know if it really does now um I haven't like super kept up to date with anchor I know it and mirror just just blew up but um and so why that wasn't the case for something like like stargaze let's say stars um I don't really know um I have a I have like a theory or two, but like real quick, I'll just say like Stars, for example, is a chain that's launching soon. Uh, its own dedicated chain in the cosmos that's dedicated to NFTs. 
What was the name of that? Sorry. Stargaze. Stargaze, cool. Yep, and the tokens, uh, stars. It's the ticker. So, going to be super cool. Uh, like already a super cool based on everything we've seen. But it had a half a billion dollar market cap before you know anything was live, uh, and. I tried to get some friends into it or show them it and stuff. A couple of claimed star jobs. And they pointed out as outsiders, they're like, why is there like no info on the website? Like it just links to the airdrop staking, like the telegram, like what about the product or about the platform? And like, like, that's a good point. Um, And so my only theory there is just that because these tokens are also not being listed on any centralized exchanges anywhere and are usually getting very fair launches, the Cosmos community kind of trusts them to not have value at the beginning and trust that they'll go somewhere. Like, I'm sure any lunatics in here are probably not familiar. Stars, the token I was just talking about, kind of came onto the market and found its price through a unique mechanism that Osmosis offers called a liquidity bootstrapping pool, I believe, LBP. Yeah, where... I can't remember the exact mechanism behind it off the top of my head, but I'd be happy to look it up if people are interested. Um, Basically, STARS got a loan from Osmosis all through governance of both communities to open up a liquidity pool with Osmo. Uh, Osmo is the the token they got the loan for, so they made an Osmo-STARS pairing. Um, And again, there's some unique mechanism at play, I can't remember, but like the price starts at a certain point and is like almost for sure going to drop and keep dropping until it kind of finds a natural floor. Um, And so people thought this just seemed like a really fair way to launch. Like even if you didn't get an airdrop, you know, its initial price point is not being set by a, a centralized exchange, not being sent by VC investors. It's being sent by this open algorithm that anyone can look at that's on a decentralized exchange that we really trust. So like, that's sort of my theory, how, you know, even though tokens may not have value at first, they still feel super fair. Um, whereas like, you know, like Mira protocol has perpetual futures for it, right? Like it can be shorted. Like there's, there's outside external, and just normal margin trading um, and, and plenty of tokens. I don't know why I randomly said mirror protocol. Um, yeah, c- kind of rambling a little bit at this point, but kind of get kind of get what I'm like thinking. Um, the centralized exchange thing is a huge thing. I am a massive, massive critic of like Tether, FTX, Binance, all that shit. Um, and with Terra, yeah, Terra kind of had to make a sacrifice that I think is okay. Like I see all these different chains in the cosmos as different strong suits of one ecosystem. And I kind of call Terra our like finance and marketing arm because your product is UST and we use that across our ecosystem already. Um, and then you also kind of have a bit more of that hype and like presence. And you, because there's a company behind Terra and someone like Do Kwan, that's sort of what Cosmos has always been missing. Um, so, so in that sense, like being on centralized exchanges, sorry, that's what I was going to wrap it back to. Like, I think it's like a, a needed sacrifice. It makes you more in the public view and more like fiat on ramps and stuff, but it also opens you up to more market manipulation. And yeah. So does that mean um, a lot of these protocols that I had on my page a second ago, I'll bring it back up. Uh, here we go. Map of zones. So Iris, you know, Stargaze, Bostrom, Carver. Like, 
are there limitations to where they can be listed because they are IBC protocols? Not because they're IBC protocols, but more so because um, of their initial des- distribution method. So no ICOs, no venture capitalist funds, no massive dev wallets. Mm-hmm. You know, exchanges have been reaching out to one of the core devs of Juno recently about wanting to list it. And, you know, he like he posted about this. He's just like, fuck you. Like, would you think I just have coins to give you? Like, if you want to list Juno, you go on osmosis and you buy a shitload of it like everyone else. Like, send our coin to the moon if you want to get the liquidity. To... <laughs> and so... It kind of puts us in an amazing place where, like, most of us, A, we don't want to be on a centralized exchange. Like, it already kind of sucks Adam is, but it's good because it's a fiat on-ramp, same as Luna. Um, But if we are going to, you know, unfortunately go the route of having Juno be on, you know, centralized exchanges where it can be manipulated, manipulated, for it to even get to that point, they're going to have to make it 10x because they need to acquire that Juno from people like me. Like there's no company to give them a bunch of it, which you also kind of can't say for Luna. But again, I, I think that's okay in a way. I think that the model and structure behind Luna is different and purposeful. And that kind of makes these these sacrifices okay in my mind. So that's that's just brought up something for me. I'm just thinking about how at the moment, majority of this action is happening on osmosis. And so as I understand it from my very limited knowledge, Osmosis is a chain that is ultimately just a DEX. Is that a fair assumption? It's a chain that is a DEX. Uh, yes and no. Um, it's a chain that will always be dedicated to decentralized AMM services. So Osmosis, the AMM, is just the first DApp built on the Osmosis blockchain. There are other ones in development, like lending protocols and like stable stable coin swap things, kind of like Curve. Um, but Osmosis is kind of interesting and unique in that it's not a permissionless blockchain. It is permissioned, so like only through I think like governance and pre-approved like dev approval can you build and add things to it. So it's not like an Ethereum or a, a you know Juno open source kind of contract platform, but it is more than just a DEX. It's kind of, that's, that's the beauty. So like, whereas Uniswap, you know, is Uniswap. Um, and well, I suppose it could upgrade, but does that kind of make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Um, and so that actually begs the question, if they're building, if there's more, uh, what would the word be? It's, you know, it's more permissioned. And so mm-hmm. it's, it creates, I guess, more of a barrier of entry, barrier to entry for Builders who want to, you know, create more lending protocols and things of that nature on on the osmosis chain. Um, you know, would you say from your perspective, is that a good thing? You know, because of the type, the quality of the people, you know, and the type of people that are within um, the cosmos community, being, you know, from what I can tell, fairly uh, up to date with what's happening within it, fairly intelligent, um, discerning. Do you think that's actually a good thing that we've got, you know, governance that's needing to be met just to to build on the chain itself? Yeah, that's a really good question. That's a question I actually had initially, and I got the the pleasure of being able to ask it to Sonny, who's like the core dev behind Osmosis in one of these Twitter spaces. Um, 
And I would say, no, it's not a bad thing, actually, because of like two reasons. One, osmosis is not trying to be, was not designed to be, um, and doesn't want to be, um, its users don't want it to be, uh, a general open source smart contract platform like Ethereum, where you can build whatever. Like they, they do want it. A clean, amazing, like Osmosis is the thing that sells most people on the Cosmos, if, if not Luna. Like if you find it through another method, you play with Osmosis and you're like, oh, holy bad words. This is amazing. Like insane. This is the best experience in crypto for a number of reasons. Um, and so being permissioned kind of lets them sort of keep that tight focus um, as well as keep the benefit of being their own chain, which is where all of their transaction efficiency, all of their like throughput can just be focused on DEX purposes. It's not going to get bogged, bogged down by other apps. Um, and then the second reason I don't think it's a bad thing is because you could just fork it. If you think you could do it better or you want to build something to add to it, just copy the code, make your own, see if the community agrees or build a side chain like it is its own blockchain too so maybe you build a layer two type thing maybe you just build your own sovereign chain that only ibc connects to osmosis to make it do one one certain thing um yeah so i, I don't think it's a bad thing it's a little bit weird when you come into the the crypto space at first thinking everything's super open anyone can do anything that's the point but i think i think it makes sense and is fine once you kind of understand its position and all of this yeah and that you know, the main consideration that keeps coming up for me, and it's like for me, it's the, there's pros and cons to almost any argument, and part of it I feel like is this is almost a um, a it's a it's a barrier in a way to having people like get involved. I feel like this is personally, I feel like my hesitation and my reservations around getting heavily involved in the Cosmos ecosystem is it feels like uh, it doesn't feel overly accessible. It doesn't feel like, uh, yeah, it's its own little microcosm. And when I've, you know, when I've looked at the, I've got osmosis in front of me actually at the moment and I'm just scrolling through it. And so just little things, and these are probably super noob questions and I'm okay asking the dumb questions. I don't mind being the dumbest guy in the room as long as I'm learning and as long as other people are learning. You know, I'd scroll through, um, the deaths and I'd have a look through and it's like, okay, cool. We've got all these channels, channel one, channel five, channel four, channel 37, 42. And I'm like, this feels like just another layer of complexity to me. It feels like if I'm, cause I'm so deep in terror and I'm always learning about what's happening over there. It's like my brain's always being melted anyway. And I'm like, does my brain have the you know capacity to take on more information? Um, and so maybe you can break that down a little bit. Like what's, what are all these channels about and do, and how do you feel about that? You know, that opinion, that idea that it is a bit, mm, in a way, being so kind of like a tight knit is also somewhat exclusionary. Yeah, I can definitely touch on the channel stuff specifically, but I wonder, could could you honestly, even if it just kind of feels like you're rambling, I'm just I'm just kind of interested, like expand more on what you mean, like like its own little microcosm like do you mean more so than any other ecosystem because you know if, if you're like deep in luna anything else feels like its own little thing right or, or deep anywhere i shouldn't have said luna but do you mean something else um it's more so 
I get that there are communities built around protocols. Like the, you know, we've got thousands of protocols and tons of chains, and there are you know people that are evangelists for certain uh, the the things that they love, the assets that they hold and love. Um, but Terra to me, it feels easier. It feels like uh, it's much more intuitive. Whereas, so I'm not. What I'm saying is, I'm not actually dissing the idea that there's uh, communities built around protocols or chains. It's more the uh, the intuitiveness of it, of of accessing it in the first place. So you know, like I said, I've been yeah. I've been doing crypto for like since 2016. I you know I was buying Ethereum and Litecoin back in 2016, and so I, I'm. It's not like I'm unfamiliar with it at all. Like I'm fairly familiar with the space overall. But I look at this, and I'm like, man, I, it's like this. It's this little microcosm with so like map of zones. I'm looking at it right now. I'm like, how do I? <laughs> where where do I begin to like understand persistence, injective? gravity but like it's just it feels yeah. like how do you understand what's worth learning about too yeah 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 well that yeah that that one i shouldn't have even brought that up because that's kind of a problem anywhere like uh if i were to look at tara as a noob right now you guys have so much it's like all right which one of these do i put my effort into um but outside of that yeah i guess i guess that's really good to hear because it's uh kind of refreshing you know once my my simple um bad answer is once you wrap your brain around it once like it it is super easy and intuitive and everything makes sense and like i like i've said before i think of luna just as part of the cosmos i find it just as easy to move money from you know anchor to loop finance as i do to move it from white whale to osmosis um but that's not the perspective people have when they're new so that's what i was saying like thank you for, for for bringing that up um First off, I'll say it's improving. (laughs) I was was thinking, first off, I'll say it's improving. Um, Like this sort of overwhelming and complex nature of it. One thing, I guess, to to circle back, like I was saying, osmosis is kind of one of the things that blows people's minds initially and kind of sells them on the cosmos. Um, And I think it's a perfect example uh, of like what the entirety of the space needs to adopt. So one of the things on osmosis is just amazing. Like if I have someone set up a new wallet, which would be Kepler, um, I usually have them set up Kepler and Terra Station um, because you guys refuse to use Kepler, which is fun. But um, I've got one. I've got one. Yeah, it'd be cool if just everybody could use one. But, you know, Um, and so uh, sorry, I lost my train of thought. Me. Let me circle back. Yeah, so when I have them set up Kepler, um, first I try and make them understand, like, okay, multiple different blockchains, the, the stuff we've spieled about um, so far. So, you know, here's how you go on Kepler and you change between, like, oh, let me look at my Atom account, let me look at my Osmosis account, and, like, that's pretty straightforward. That's almost the equivalent of just switching between your, you know, checking and saving in a bank or your different positions on your brokerage app or whatever. Um but like I go on map of zones and I see all these chains that like aren't even in Kepler. And like when I go to send something on Kepler, it, it, it looks like I can only send it to addresses on whatever chain I'm on. Like, how do I communicate through them? Like, it's not intuitive. That's sort of where I think you're at. And, and that's what needs to be worked on. And so what like osmosis has done to eliminate that and what everything just needs to start adopting 
is on its assets page. If you're signed in with your Kepler wallet, you have all, all the different assets that it lists. You know, many of the ones you were saying earlier, persistence, um, stars, Bostrom, whatever. Um, and so when I have someone make a new wallet, I'll have them go to Osmosis first and just click on either deposit or withdraw for every asset there. And for every time you do, it pops up a little prompt. Let's say you click on the withdraw button next to stars. It'll be like, do you want to add your stars wallet to Kepler? And people will be like, I, I haven't even made a stars wallet. Like, what? How is it that easy? Um, and that's kind of like that's handled on the back end. Then if, let's say, I claim my Adam staking rewards for a day or my Luna staking rewards, I just go to my assets page on Osmosis, click deposit. It just automatically knows to look at my connected Cosmos wallet. My amount is there. I transfer it in. I don't even have to think about the fact that it's on different chains. Like Osmosis makes it super simple. It talks to Kepler. It says, hey, the wallet that's signed in right now, the Osmosis wallet, um, you get you as a wallet, Kepler, know the seed phrase for that. And so you can you can tell me like, you know, this uh, this Luna wallet over there. Does that have the same seed phrase? Yeah, cool. So it's connected, same wallet. So I'll pull from there. How much is in there? I'll use IBC, see that, you know, you got 2.4 Luna in there. Cool. I'll show that on my Osmosis UI to the user. Um, and that's just much easier than it is as a whole. And also as a new user without someone like me telling you that, like, you're not going to just stumble across that. Um, and so I kind of get what you mean about it being like a little intimidating and walled off. Um, just in that almost the thing that I said I love about Cosmos, that it's unique because it's, it's multi-chain, also makes it harder to learn because it is actually unique. Um, that sort of helpful at all? Well, yeah. And I was, as you were talking, I was scrolling through. So I'm on that page. I'm looking at the assets. The interesting thing is I've already deposited some UST at some point uh, when I was just testing it out. And so I've clicked on deposit at the IBC asset and it comes up with, it says, you know, the IBC transfer is from a Terra address and it's going to an Osmo address. The Terra address that has popped up is not one that I use so i'm wondering like like that to me as again as an intuitive uh, user yeah. experience type thing like what's going on there so this this is a cosmos problem because of the way the cosmos is set up uh like it's a more apparent problem for the cosmos but this is a problem with everything in crypto and it's actually one of the things i touched on earlier which is that people don't really understand uh how wallets work at like a, a deep level um, and I didn't really until Cosmos, at least to this extent, because like you didn't, I didn't need to. So what's happening there is you're signed into Osmosis with some wallet that you made on Kepler, I assume, right? Correct. So you probably made that new wallet on Kepler. So it generated a new seed phrase. And when you did that, technically, like it, it's not live yet, but using that seed phrase, you also made a new wallet for Luna because it's on the Cosmos SDK, same, same seed phrase, like generation wallet, generation algorithm. So if you wanted to, so like I assume when you go to deposit UST, it shows like zero there or something, right? Because it's an address you're not familiar with. Correct. So if you were to go to your Terra station wallet um, and make sure you're signed into your wallet that does have funds and you get your seed phrase, make sure no one's looking over your shoulder. And instead of creating a new Kepler wallet, you import an existing one 
using that Terra seed phrase, then all of your wallets in Kepler, all the new ones from this one, Stargaze, Osmosis, Juno, Luna, whatever, they'll basically be linked in Kepler's eyes um, to your to your Terra wallet. It'll see it all as one one thing. And so right now you just are working on two different wallets. You have or addresses, I should say. You, you have one address that was generated um, when you made a Kepler wallet that you're signed into Osmosis with right now. And then you have a separate address that you made on Luna, probably in the beginning with Terra Station, um, which is where your funds are. That and that's not intuitive. Sense. It's not intuitive, though. And so, yeah, I, that's yeah. kind of why I've been doing what I've been doing a little. I'm like, okay, this is like not that simple. Like, let's try and help some people figure this out <laughs> yeah that's 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 um thank you for that that makes a, a ton of sense so yeah what, what i'll do after this call is i will just you know link up that wallet but then my question is so when you're looking at the wallet itself so if anyone that's listening that hasn't used kepler before when you are first looking at it at the top of the wallet it will give you uh the list of the chains so it'd be like you know cosmos hub osmosis secret network akash so on and so forth um is there a reason? Oh, Terra down the very bottom. Beta support. Okay. I didn't think I looked at it before and I couldn't see Terra. So it's it's down the bottom. It is working. Yeah, I think it's down at the bottom because there's minimal support. Like you can do transactions with it, um, but you won't be able to interact with any of your like you won't be able to sign in to Anchor Protocol with Kepler, for example. Um, which I know there was discussion for a while of changing. I have no idea what happened to that. Um, but yeah, so it, it is in there for basic, basic functions, just like, you know, send, transfer, see balance. Um, maybe you can claim staking rewards. I kind of doubt it though, because Luna is different in that regard. Gotcha. Okay. And so as a, that now that I know that and I'm able to, you know, locate, log in my, or sync up my current existing Terra wallet, that feels like that would be make a ton more sense as a new user who wants to get involved with Cosmos or the Cosmos ecosystem, you know, what are your, say, top three, five recommendations? And you say, hey, go and check these out. Go and play with these protocols. Go and have a look at this and see how it feels and use it. Where do you point people? First off, uh, to Osmosis, for the reasons I've rambled about, just, like, let me, let me, let me impress them with some UX specifically. Like, um, Osmosis caused me to make this little tweet. Like, people don't understand the difference between UX and UI. Like, yeah, it has a cool UI, but its UX is great. It's the real thing. It's kind of user experience and flow. So I'll have them, like, start there. Um, Sif Chain, which was just in here a second ago, the official account. Too bad they hopped out. Um is a cool dex that's like ethereum bridged already they have their own bridge and so like you know i don't really care about many ethereum coins but if i ever want to buy link on a dip which is one coin i do care about i don't have to leave the cosmos ecosystem you can just go buy it on sift chain hold it there bridge it if i ever need it but um so Wait, yep sorry can you just say that again i feel like i missed yeah that. So Sif Chain is another DEX, its own sovereign chain, kind of like Osmosis. Some people would call them like competitors because they are both AMMs, um, but I think they target kind of different niches personally. Sif Chain has an Ethereum bridge that they built that's been up for quite a while now and a ton of Ethereum assets to be traded on the Cosmos, uh, Cosmos infrastructure, I should say, you know, with minimal fees and all that. So uh, whenever I do want to get a little Ethereum exposure to whatever coin, uh, you know, for me, Chainlink, 
uh, I don't even mess with a centralized exchange or Uniswap or anything. I just buy it in the Cosmos on Fifth Chain. That's amazing. Okay, yeah. I just loaded this up right now. I'm, you've just got me pumped up here. I've just jumped into uh, Chain to have a look at it. I, I think I avoided Chain. Well, no, I didn't avoid it. Branding. Obviously. Well, yeah, the very first time I looked at it, I was like, it looks a bit... Mm, yeah. Awful. It's um, so bad. I roasted them for so long. A lot of people did. They're finally looking better. They have good tech. I don't know who did their branding, though. <laughs> okay, so it's saying here, connect the ethereum wallet is this okay so it's loading up my metamask here okay so you can do that if you want if you want to use their bridge feature but if you just want to use it as a dex you only need to connect to kepler okay gotcha and so it's ah i see so it's popping up with like you can use kepler you can use terra state oh terra station oh cool that's new yeah they have like terra liquidity pools and stuff if it's not working, that would be funny because that's new, I think. wonder if it's buggy. Well, fun- funnily enough, I clicked it and it's trying to open my XDFI wallet. So I'll have to probably play with this when we're not on a call, you know, and other people yeah. are listening because it's going to be a bit fiddly, I reckon. But yeah. that's a really interesting idea. And so uh, something that's come on my radar recently is this Evmos. And so where does Evmos fit into the conversation now that we're talking about SIF chain and being able to buy sort of Ethereum, Ethereum assets? Yeah, so Evmos, Evmos is a, a really interesting thing um, for a lot of reasons, but I'd say its elevator pitch of like its purpose and what it's trying to do is to bring over developers. Um, I don't want to reduce it just to that. It's going to doing a lot of things, but the main thing is, you know, you code on Evmos using the same language as you would code on Ethereum, which is Solana, because Evmos is an Ethereum virtual machine. Solidity. Um, sorry, go ahead. Solidity would be the code language. I think you said Solana. Yeah. Oh, did I? Thank you. Yeah, Solidity. Um, soul, soul, salad. Um, yeah, Potato, so... Potato. <laughs> right. Yeah, they'll know what I mean. No, good catch. Solidity. Um, so I think the big thing is like okay there's more developers for ethereum than any other blockchain in the world i think more than bitcoin now i mean if you count uh you know all all the little side projects easily um and so the idea is they're there they know that infrastructure that language their landscape but they're getting pretty tired of the fees and the speed and here's this opportunity to have the best of both worlds right you can come on like a, a pretty, I, I actually can't say exactly why uh, Evmos has so much um, specific like hype for it. It's not the first EVM in the cosmos, which is funny, but I, I'm guessing it just has, you know, really well-respected devs and like team behind it. I mean, that's one thing, but so the idea is, yeah, with that, we'll, we'll just have like a whole new wave of development um power and then also kind of uh maybe it'll be more familiar to users like you will be able to use metamask um but i don't know why anyone would want to our biggest selling point is kepler kepler is like our the favorite the best wallet um and yeah i guess wait one other thing actually is just to clarify evmos isn't like a bridge it is just a an evm so like it would need some other bridge built on top of it or sif chain or something to connect with the real ethereum and its its assets it's not like uh it's not like an ethereum mirror here in the cosmos it's like an ethereum 
a clone of the Ethereum foundation that can be built on with a fresh start. But that being said, some pretty big projects are eyeing it. Like Aave is, I think they have officially declared they're launching V3 on Evmos, which is awesome. <laughs> would that mean that they're solely on Evmos or would it be like a... I'm unsure about that, actually. Um, I would assume not, but uh, that'll be a new thing in general. So that would be like its whole own thing to talk about. Like I haven't seen a project go through a major launch or a major upgrade, like a full V2 to V3 type thing um, and do it kind of simultaneously with going cross chain. So that'll be interesting, but I think that's what's happening. Okay. So we've got, we've, we've gone, you know, point people to osmosis, point to Civ chain. What would be your, yep. your um, next couple? Cool. So let me rattle them off real quick, then I'll talk about them uh, a little bit more in depth. Secret Network, um, Juno, and then definitely soon Stargaze. Um, and then there's definitely a couple other ones, but let, let's touch on those real quick. So Secret Network, um, like I really do think of the Cosmos as just like a one big vehicle, the same way I was describing Luna as its sort of finance and marketing arm secret is its privacy arm you know if you have a bunch of money in luna and you need to secretly move it to another wallet for whatever reasons your reasons are your own and you don't want someone to just look at the luna blockchain and see like okay this wallet was funded from that one so it's probably his you could send all of your luna or ust or whatever over to secret network using this ibc function we've been talking about wrap it into a secret version called SUST or SLUNA. And from there, whatever you do with it is completely private. So then you could send it to a new secret wallet, one that shares a seed phrase with the um, Luna wallet you want to have be your destination, your new secret one. So once you have SUST or SLUNA, you would just send it to your new secret wallet, unwrap it, meaning make it normal UST or normal Luna again, but still on secret network at this point. It's just not the secret version of the token that's like hidden in private. And then you would IBC send it right back to your Terra wallet, your new one. And so secret... Uh, just before you it, move it, on from secret... Yeah, yeah. I, I was going like, to touch a little more. <laughs> oh, sorry. Carry on then, if you will. Go for it. Oh, no, no worries. Yeah, I just meant like... Uh, I, was, I wasn't going to cut it short. I was going to do it justice, but what, what were you going to ask? Well, I was going to say, so I'm loosely looking at Secret as well. Um, the main thing that I have questions about still, and I don't expect this to go into a full Secret, you know, plug, but a lot of people say, for example, like something like uh, Zcash, the, the problem with something like Zcash is that it's opt-in privacy, meaning it's not privacy from the beginning, um, meaning that there is some element of uh, transactional observation like you can see what's you can see what's going on to a certain point and then of course if you ever want to convert back to something that is not private then of course it's at some point it becomes observable again versus you know a Monero yeah. or a pirate chain type of thing um with secret do you do you know because i actually don't know the answer to this do you know once you're in say like sust um is there going to be a way, let's say that you want to pay for things or as UST adoption grows out and we start being able to use it in the, you know, the real world a lot more, 
is it the sort of thing where the secret UST would be usable uh, and it would just like auto convert to UST for payments or something like that? Do you know anything about that? Yeah, that could, that could, uh, I don't know any like of that in the works, but that could easily be a thing. Um, so there's this thing, uh, or a language, a coding language called Cosm Wasm, which is Cosm coming from Cosmos, Wasm coming from an existing language, WebAssembly. Um, that is sort of a language meant for building programs, scripts, apps, whatever, that are cross-chain and like work uh, across different blockchains in the cosmos. So it's entirely uh, within the realm of like capability to code something that, you know, looks at a wallet on secret with SUST and then, you know, as needed would unwrap it, send it to your Terra wallet and then, you know, pay through Kato or whatever you might be using. Hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah, because and one of the reasons that would definitely be possible um, is because the one other thing I guess I wanted to touch on about Secret is it, unlike Osmosis, we were talking about how it's not a general smart contract platform, um, Secret is. Secret is kind of pitched the way I pitch it super simply. is like Monero and Ethereum had a baby. Um, it's It's... A general smart contract platform for making dApps of any kind um, for a while. I, maybe still currently, but now that other stuff's launching, like the biggest NFT marketplace in the cosmos, aside from Talus and some other places on Luna, uh, was Stash App, S-T-A-S-H-H, which was on Secret Network. So I always thought that was kind of funny. Like our biggest NFT marketplace was by default private. Um, but also touching on your point super quick, I I don't trust Secret's privacy as much as something like Monero. No, I don't trust anything as much as the, the code to Monero, and I don't even really trust Monero now. Um, but yeah, I, if, you're, if you're trying to really hide something, don't don't put your faith in anything, really. But yeah, <laughs> Secret, Secret included, because I love I loved what you said. I agree. If it's not privacy by default, like from the ground up and beginning, it's not really private. My only stipulation there is like that saying kind of came about and I've used it for stuff like Zcash and Litecoin where they're like adding it on later. Mm -hmm. Secret was built from the ground up with privacy as its main thing. It's just that it needed a way to like interface with non-secret tokens and apps and stuff. And so it has this kind of wrapping and unwrapping system. Um, but I couldn't speak to how secure that is on like a fundamental coding level. So yeah, I, I suspect in future it's like we know that computing is going to get more and more sophisticated, and of course it'll be like you know quantum computing that will be able to probably go back in time and start really solving who's who in in uh, as far as like wallet addresses goes and all that. Um, and so for that reason, yeah, if it's like total privacy at the moment, I would be leaning towards you know a, a Monero, even though there's you know, conversations around cipher trace being able to uh, identify things, whether or not that's true or just hearsay, I don't know. But yeah, I'd be leaning towards like a pirate chain or a Monero. That aside, though, like I think Secret Network is a really cool thing to keep an eye on. Um, and I'll certainly be keeping an eye on that too. But I'd love to, in the time that I've got you for the next sort of 15 minutes here, Juno is this thing that just keeps popping up on my radar. I keep seeing it like daily. And every time I jump on the website, I'll have a look at Juno. 
gonna bring it up right now so I can see it. Um, While you bring that up, just because it's funny, I'll mention there is Monero on Secret Network. There's S Monero and then a bridge somewhere. So let's say you do want to move some money into Monero, you can do it through Secret Network. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, I I guess they're using someone's bridge. I'm I'm kind of ashamed, I'm not sure, that I don't know whose bridge they're using, if it's their own or maybe SIF chains or what, but yeah. So so theoretically, you could go UST to secret UST to secret Monero to Monero to and then off. Bingo, yeah. Yeah. That's that's really interesting. And I saw, uh, I was chatting to the Thor chain guys a couple of weeks ago because um, they've got ThorSwap. Uh, Luna integrations happening at the moment and going live shortly. And then another conversation in the background is around, you know, when are we going to get privacy on um, on the Thor chain, on ThorSwap? And so I think Secret is going to be something that will operate there and eventually like, XMR is a lot harder to get on there, but eventually that will be a thing. So the easier it becomes to swap in and out of these in a you know decentralized and private way, the better, I think, obviously, Based on our conversation so far, I can tell that you value you know these things, privacy and decentralization, and yeah. So I'll be, I'll be watching. I'll be watching with curious eyes over the uh, coming months to see yeah. how this all develops and which which kind of takes the lead. But um, coming back Juno. to Juno, yeah, and I've just typed it in and it's bringing me up this the two thousand and seven uh, smash hit to Juno the movie. I'm gonna not click that <laughs> one. Um, but what is the what's the selling point of Juno? Like I've had a look at it. From a UI perspective, I was like, okay, I, the graphics I found a bit, you know, the visuals were a bit underwhelming and the functionality of it I'm still unclear on. So if you're able to hit me with your two cents, that would be much appreciated. <laughs> yeah, Juno is very interesting. Um, there's a good argument for it being very overvalued right now. Um, and I say that as it's one of my biggest bags. Um so Juno's pitch in like a sentence is it's a smart contract platform like Terra or Ethereum or Secret Network whose niche or its unique thing is that it's cross-chain and interoperable. So you might build stuff on the Juno network, but it's kind of specially configured to allow you to build stuff that talks to and works with other apps or other chains. Um that being said, like that's super cool, um, but not super unique. Anyone could kind of spin that up, what Juno's made. But not everyone... Part of Juno's price action doesn't have to do with what it is, but how it was distributed. Um, going back to what we talked about with airdrops earlier, where it was like almost entirely airdropped to Atom Stakers. Like, very little left for, for other things. There's a community pool fund and then, like, eight-year dev vested, eight-year vested dev funds. Um, and so, you know, another project could have came out before or, you know, after that's kind of offering the same thing. But, A, it wouldn't have the momentum. Um, and, B, it wouldn't have the sort of trust and truly decentralized nature um, or trust of the community and truly decentralized nature is Juno. And so, like, I, I'm interested to see what happens with Juno um, because I, I think it it might be pretty overvalued right now, considering if you just look at, like, the TVL on it to market cap, like, it's way off compared to anything else. It's insane. But 
another reason for the price being up there is Juno and Osmo are the only two coins in the top 100, with Osmo being in the top 50 that are not on any centralized exchanges anywhere. Um, and that matters for like a lot of reasons, um, but in essence, kind of all together, it it creates more buying pressure. You know, there's there's no way to drive the price of Juno or Osmo down without already having a stake in the ecosystem. You can't come in with USD and open a short. If you don't already hold some, um, you can't really affect the price. Um, and it's not, you know, it's not traded anywhere against Tether or USDC or anything like that. It, it was entirely given to the community who likes the community aspect of it and trusts it and believes in it and is not very willing to sell. So therefore, if anyone new wants to get in, um, they have to buy it just like any other coin. But it's like being bought from genuine holders like me that are selling, not from like short order books, like order books that are filled with shorts. Okay. Um, Yeah. For better or for worse. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm on, I'm on it right now. I'm having a look. And again, I stand by my first comment about the, I'm just not the biggest fan of the UI. Apologies for anyone if you're an absolute Juno fiend. Um, but Well, what are you on right now? What UI? Juno, JunoNetwork.io. I'm just scrolling down the homepage and I'm just looking at the way it is visually represented. Oh, here we go. Juno Swap. Let's jump in here. So Juno Swap is, a, okay, it's, it's got its own yes. desk. So that's like a DEX built by some, you know, random third party. Like uh, someone built that DEX on, on the Juno chain as opposed to like the same people that built the Osmosis chain built the Osmosis DEX that's on it. Yeah. Do you use JunoSwap yourself? I do. Um, it's pretty cool. It's, it's kind of impressive. It's like uh, it has no like... Uh, incentives or rewards for liquidity providing outside of swap fees and just off yet yet and just off of like community support there's i don't even know what there is now probably pushing near 100 million tvl i know we're in the tens somewhere but um really yeah that's uh, interesting that they don't have that listed though that's the sort of thing oh here we go liquidity there's nothing like you know, if you jump onto Anchor Protocol, for example, it'll it'll say the amount of TVL that's there on your homepage, on your mm-hmm. dashboard. Whereas here, it's like something like that. My first impression jumping on, I was like, okay, this looks a bit sketchy. It doesn't, <laughs> you know, just I trust, I trust it because I yeah. trust. I'm having a conversation with you and I know that you're using it and I know that it's a working product. But yep. visually, I was like, okay, this just kind of looks like a sketchy little DEX and there's nothing to encourage uh, this uh yeah, it's like the perceived safety. So it's like if I looked at it, and now I'm looking in the liquidity pools, I can say, okay, cool. Juno Adams got 24 million. Juno UST has got 6 million. And so it's like, okay, cool. People are using it. It's not just. Yeah. 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 So I um, I, you know, the more I'm thinking about it, is Luna might be like Osmosis. You guys mm-hmm. might be a permission chain. Because mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever seen like a shit coin or a rug pull or a random project type alt on Terra. It's all like real projects that seem to have some, you know, connection or involvement with other core devs from projects. And I, I might be wrong here. Maybe you have some other way of kind of gatekeeping that. But um, 
I would say it's kind of a pros and cons things. Like just like we were talking about it with osmosis. Um, think of Juno more like Ethereum and think of the earliest D apps on Ethereum and how they were like kind of unpolished or unintuitive or whatever. And again, sure. not trying to make an excuse really because we aren't back in 2016. Like I agree, maybe Juno Schwab should think about like, you know, putting TVL stats somewhere on the front page. Um, I haven't thought about it from that perspective because super weirdly, I looked at it the other way. I'm super Ooh. used to going to kind of scammy, shady little DEXs that I find, like particularly on uh, Kronos. There was a bunch on the crypto.org chain where, you know, on their front page, it would be their TVL, their token price. Like that's the big thing they're pushing. And I keep an eye on them. And now some of them have like 12,000 TVL total. And it's just like... Uh, not that, you know, any of this is actually good or bad, it's all preference, but just from my experience, I actually found it kind of refreshing to see a DEX that just immediately threw you right into doing what you want to do instead of trying to boast about its, like, stats. Yeah. But I also totally get the, like, stats prove legitimacy and trust. So, yeah, yeah I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah. And anyone, anyone can make something on Juno, so you shouldn't just trust it by default, right? Well, this is the whole thing. So from my, my, again, my very novice understanding of Juno in the last five minutes, um, this is really, Juno is made more for developers than it is for, uh, you know, general consumers. It's, it's, it's a tool to enable people to ease, well, it says here, use and create interoperable applications on Juno, a decentralized public permissionless network for cross-chain smart contracts. So it's basically just, it's a tool for devs. I think that's actually a really good way to look at it. Yeah, Juno's not something like I I could envision a future in five years or something where Juno's massive and uh, the people that use it don't even know the name Juno, really. Like, I don't think that's what's going to happen, but like I could I could envision it where it is really just an underlying infrastructure platform that serves the whole of the cosmos and people are more so familiar with the apps and protocols built on top of it. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, okay, um, gotcha. That, that makes sense. The, the, when it comes to that, though, then I start asking questions around, well, what's, like, the value me- mechanism, the value accrual mechanism, sorry, for the token itself? Like, I can, get yeah. Osmo, I can get Osmo's price action because it's like, well, it's a DEX, the Osmo tokens used within the liquidity pools. I can see, you know, I, and I don't even know Osmo. I'm not using it personally. But I can see how it would have a... Uh, a vehicle to accrue value juno i'm just still like it seems nebulous to me i'm like wait wait like what is driving it other than speculation right yeah um mostly speculation just to be to be frank um up until recently i mean this this is another shitty answer because it doesn't mean anything but over a hundred percent apy on staking that helped you know pretty attractive not that printing more of itself is ever actually a a good thing for a coin uh, like uh, in a vacuum but just that, honestly that whatever's driving ethereum same thing just that you know gas fees uh governance governance being a really big one in juno governance in the cosmos is exceptionally real because of the like fair distribution of coins like I've never really cared about participating in governance till I got to the co- cosmos, and now like every single day when I do my daily like reward reinvesting and stuff, I also check for governance proposals to like vote on because I've been a part of ones on like Osmo or 
one in Oslo in particular where like it was kind of close and like there was like a real discussion being had in the community and like um so governance governance is a big one. It's kind of like something that gets papooed on because it's such an easy cop out. Like if a shitcoin wants to say that it'll have value, it can be like, oh, we'll be a governance token. You can use this to vote on stuff. And it's like, cool. But for something big and important, like the Ethereum of the multi-chain, which is kind of how Juno is trying to position itself, um, just the general price action driven by the need for gas and tokens um, for dev projects, as well as, yeah, speculation <laughs> at yeah. the moment. I've, yeah, and I, look, I've asked some, I've probably thrown a couple of curveball questions today, and I've definitely asked some new questions. And this is all part of my journey of better understanding Cosmos. Um, I'm definitely going to be playing with it and I'm definitely going to be tuning into more of your spaces and I want to make sure that you know, I respect your time here. You did say that you'd stick around for that extra half an hour and with four minutes on the clock. What I want to do is just basically have you, if you've got any, you know, resources that you want to point people towards like best Twitter accounts to follow best, you know, YouTube, like, like where's the best and uh, most practical way that people can get involved with Cosmos. Yeah, cool. So couple things so follow i'd say cosmos spaces which is in here right now as one of the listeners um they not only are like who i kind of host my spaces with as well as weekend ones but they're also just a good resource for promoting other spaces and like good info throughout the cosmos um on youtube i uh, said this is at the beginning but obviously we've got a ton of new people now so crypto cito so crypto and then C-I-T-O um, here on Twitter as well. But he does YouTube videos. Um, Liam on crypto, L-1-A-M or L-I-A-M. Um, I think it's different in different places. Liam on crypto, again, on Twitter here, YouTube. Um, my Myself, um, to an extent, like I have put together a sort of a general purpose onboarding doc, like a big PDF, um, as well as a, a plain text doc, just kind of all things Cosmos. Um, but I need, to, I need to find a better way to keep that accessible somewhere, because right now it's just a tweet that I keep retweeting every now and then, but I have to, like, dig it up to... I need to, like, put that link somewhere. Um, <laughs> yeah, you could pin it. You could pin it on your Twitter. You could pin it on your Telegram. You could pin it... You could put it in your... Um maybe upload it to a Google Drive type thing or, you know, some sort of decentralized cloud storage and put that in your link tree. Um, yeah. But that's the sort of thing that I'd, if you've got like a PDF and it, yeah, that, I would love access to that. Cool. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll figure that out later tonight. Maybe I'll put it in my link, the DNS link tree or something. But um, I'm trying to think because that is really such a good question and I do get asked it all the time. Um, like how to just start on the on the journey um lurk on twitter again stupid answer but like genuine just uh, honestly when i first got in one of the things i did is you know i'd follow one of the first big accounts that came up when i searched for anything cosmos related and after you follow them there's you know the little twitter auto drop down like oh do you also want to follow these people just like mm -hmm. tapping through those um i i would say the reason i'm kind of struggling with this question is i really do get info kind of from everywhere um and Sorry. even though there are some people yeah there's some people that focus on trying to be an info aggregator where all they do is just kind of like follow me to get all the reposts but they're still gonna miss some um and everyone's human on top of that like so just kind of lurk, follow, follow discussions, Twitter spaces for sure. These things like mine tonight, I have one at 8 p.m. So 
super open mic. Like anyone can come up, ask any kind of questions. It is meant to be just a noob, noob session. Like I try and remember, you know, every like half hour or so to just kind of go back to the basics, do a little run through, ask if anyone has questions. But even if I forget, feel free to just request to speak. Um, And also like I would encourage for like that kind of thing in particular, just to fill my own space, like share, share with your like new crypto friends or your lunatic friends that are kind of averse to the cosmos. Like it's, it's no deep dives, but it's a lot of what you're asking for, but it'll just like, all right, where do I even start? Like, I just need some general info. Like maybe I want to hear some people who know what they're talking about. Just chat about the basics of the cosmos for 30 minutes. And like, sometimes that'll be more resourceful than any YouTube or guide video or anything you could find. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so it's eight o'clock your time. What's how far away is that in hours? Just so that I can. I might oh yes, yeah. Um, so three and a half hours. So everyone, there now. you have it. In three and a half hours, if you want to jump on to Tendermint Timmy's space to learn a bit more about the Cosmos ecosystem, uh, you'll probably find me there. I might be taking a friend to the airport actually. Now that I'm thinking about it, but. Um, Regardless, we'll be talking again. I appreciate your time. I appreciate your uh, your patience and your knowledge and what you're doing as well. It's it's fantastic to have people that you know irrelevant of what chain it is. I I just am in full support of people who support this space's growth and evolution. And so for that, I tip my hat to you, sir. Um, yeah. You're gonna uh, love yeah. the project I'm working on. I hear what you just said so often, and now I'm like, all right. I'm going to act on that. But, dude, this has been awesome. I, I think, like, you have some really good questions. We had some awesome talks. Like, really glad Terraspaces you were able to capture this one. Um, I might show this one a little, a little harder because I think we talked about some really, really good stuff. 100%. And thank you to Terraspaces for being the legends that you are, always jumping in and recording these. We appreciate it very much. Lunatics and people, cosmonauts, go and have yourselves a wonderful day. We'll be talking again soon, all right? See you, everyone. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was Cosmos 101 for Lunatics with Tendermint Timmy and Dr. Doscoin of Orbital Command. Recorded on Wednesday, March 9th, 2022. This episode of The Ether was brought to you by Talus. Talus Protocol is the NFT platform for independent artists on Terra. Talus helps to provide artists with the tools and resources needed to transition from traditional art into the NFT world. With their V1 launch coming soon, Talus will be the place to see real-world art reflected on Terra. Be sure to join their Telegram and follow Talus on Twitter for updates on their roadmap, validator, and other Talus news. Find your next favorite artist on talus.art. This episode of the Ether was also brought to you by Orbital Command, a community validator on Terra dedicated to educating, expanding, and promoting the lunatic community. Take advantage of their Terra Luna Intel report on Telegram, which brings you the hottest news and updates on all things Terra each and every day. Find it using the link in the show notes. You can also support their community efforts by considering them next time you're delegating or redelegating your Luna. Find out more at orbitalcommand.io. This episode of the Ether was also brought to you by Luart. Luart is the first gamified NFT platform built on the Terra network. Luart provides a seamless minting and trading experience, all while earning you rewards just for being a user. Be sure to follow them on Twitter and join the community in the Discord server for the most up-to-date news and announcements regarding all the hot new NFT launches, platform upgrades, and new projects hitting the secondary marketplace. Are you ready to put your helmet on and join the movement? Find out more at luart.com. 
TerraSpaces.io. TerraSpaces appreciates the support from all our sponsors. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. Laying there at night while I'm counting sheep Brain on repeat, no amount of please Would you shut the fuck up, yo, I'm trying to sleep Not till you write it down to remind your genius ass in the morning When you wake up to realize it was nothing more than a weird dream And you feel like everybody's on the tape But things aren't always what they seem What's real to me isn't real to you Living this reality is barely new And if you've seen this little feud You'd be filling up your gas tanks too We're living in a fucking simulation of a simulation Don't look back or you'll get sucked into the miscommunication All this dumb fucking ruckus Drink bleach here Keep a tight demeanor and swing for the bleachers This ball is crushed I feel like I wanna kick the bucket over, spill the fun, release some of the means of hunting All these silly motherfuckers coming at us like we don't got a bunch of guns or something These are fucked up times we're living in and I don't need the judgment Free the supper, no need to suffer, the leaders busted freedom, hunter disagreements wander Cold streets filled with screaming bottom feeders Take me to your leaders, blasting propaganda through the speakers So if you wanna build, let's build but if you wanna steal, get buried in the field Double duty at the rocket, Rudy Coppin' fruity, not a newbie Got the rubies hostile, looking like Chewbacca Threw me through the window, fucking sue me Now I'm looking all hypnotic, bougie With a bunch of suckers I went to school with who barely knew me Students sitting here, fucking clueless Looking at the next duck, trying to see who the goose is Should've paid more attention to the hole in the boat Now tell me why y'all still vote